welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Well, we're back again this week, and as promised, Dr. Barry Bussey has come back, and we want to continue our discussion around different changes and things that have been happening in our country and are happening that have a direct impact on us as Canadians. And uh, so, Dr. Bussey, thank you for agreeing to come back again this week. Yep. We had a very uh, uh, interesting discussion last week, and but I, I, I'd like to move into an area on... Uh, some court cases you, you, you've been following. Uh, there's some legislation that I think our viewers would benefit in getting some uh, interpretation of what that actually means. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, just w other elements, like there's an election coming coming up probably in the fall. What does that mean for us as, as churches? What's acceptable? What isn't? What can we do? What can't we do? So I'm not sure we're going to be able to cover all of that, but that's... Well, uh, it might be kind of like uh, throwing a rock and just having it skip across right. the water, but that's nevertheless. Right. Well, uh, let's start out with uh, a recent decision of the Supreme Court um, of Canada in Ottawa. It was involving a, uh, some church members of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church in Toronto. And what had happened was, there, as I understand the facts, the... There was a, um, uh, a discussion, uh, in fact, it was almost like a heret uh, heretical group uh, that the Archbishop set up a, uh, a committee to investigate. Uh, the committee came back with its report to the Archbishop. The Archbishop uh, decided at the end of the day he was not going to accept the um, recommendations of the committee. And since it was dealing with a church issue, a theological issue, um, he... Uh, was the authority. Right. And uh, a number of the individuals on the committee didn't like it, and they created a lot of dissension within the church community. Um, and so what ended up happening is that they were warned that if they didn't stop their activity, uh, they would uh, themselves find themselves subject to censure or disfellowship uh, okay. from the okay. church. And they carried on. And the archbishop followed through, and uh, suspended their, their membership in the church. Okay. Then what happened was uh, the five of these individuals, they then sued the church, went to court, and basically was wanting a judicial review is the term. Um, so the, wanting the court to look at how the uh, archbishop made that decision, whether it was just and so forth, okay. whether they received proper notice and all those kinds of things. And... Um, the court in the first instance looked at it and says, no, the Supreme Court of Canada has already ruled on this. You don't, uh, courts have no business involved in this stuff. So then it uh, went up to the Ontario Court of Appeal. And at the Ontario Court of Appeal, the, the court there said, in a unanimous decision, which was quite hmm. amazing, ruled that, no, this is a decision that, or that this is a matter that a court can review because... We're dealing with the legal right of contract. Hmm. Okay, so here you have membership, and it's an issue of contract. Okay, so um, what they, the court said, well, you know, they have bylaws, they have a constitution, and uh, the church must follow that uh, when making decisions on its membership. And besides, and so in order for a contract okay. to exist, you've got to have an offer. You got to accept. So if I sell you my phone. 
I'm gonna, uh, you're going to offer me, say, $10. I say, okay, I'll accept it. Uh, and then we got what we call consideration. And so we got a contract, a binding contract. And so the Court of Appeals said, well, you know, they're making monthly uh, donations, so that's mm. the consideration wow. and all of this kind of stuff. Well, and so it's kind of like, okay, well, there's now a legal right, a contractual wow. right of membership. That's um, very impactful. It's, uh, so when you think about it, uh, can you imagine if the country... Uh, all of the various churches across the country, uh, anytime you made a decision on a church member that you could end up going to court, yeah. go to court yeah. and say, well, no, you, you yeah. can't dismiss me. You yes. know? Right. Um, uh, so then what happened was uh, it got appealed to the Supreme Court of Canada. And the court ruled nine to zero. So, I mean, there was, there was no question as far as the, court of, the, the Supreme Court of Canada was concerned. Totally um, uh, was quite, uh, you know, in, in legal terms, it was an earthquake of, you know, the Ontario Court of Appeal rules one way, the Supreme Court of Canada nine zero says no. Exactly uh -uh. the opposite exactly, way. No way. Wow. And, and so the court said, look, when you're involved in a number of various relationships, um, we're not interested in making a contractual obligation, a legal obligation. And one of those is dealing with churches, uh, like as a member of the church. It's a, if anything, it's a religious obligation, right? It's, right. Not, it's not something that, um, uh, that a court, the legal court, has a role in determining whether or not that membership decision was in violation or breach of, of some, some contract. Now, this, um, I think, is a very good decision. There, there have been, um, there's law in England, for example, where uh, the courts do get involved in determining whether or not it was properly decided and all those kinds of things. But in Canada, the courts have uh, consistently taken the position, the Supreme Court has consistently taken the position that when you're dealing with church members, this is not something that the courts will review. Right. The only way they'll review is if there is a legal right okay. that was at issue. And that's why the Court of Appeal tried to say, well, you know, membership with the bylaws, constitution, so on, well, that creates a contract, and so therefore it's a legal right. The Supreme Court of Canada says, no, no, that's, that's not the situation. But say, for example, if, if the church owed you money or right. uh, those kinds of things. Or they employed me. They, they employed, exactly. Terminated me. Exactly. Then the courts would step then in. Then the courts would yeah. step in because then now it's a legal right. It's something that the court can deal with. It, right. We call it, uh, it's justiciable. Okay. Um, and, but when you're dealing with theology, church membership, those kinds of things, that's not any role for the church. So I think that's a good decision. That's I'm, wonderful, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with that decision. It's a little interesting that one of the, that the Ontario Court of Appeal would have ruled unanimously in one direction and the Supreme Court of Canada unanimously in the opposite direction. So that's, Yeah, I know. It, it's uh, it's uh, a lot of uh, interesting. I can only imagine if those various judges of those two courts got together and ever discussed anything. That would be a very interesting discussion. <laughs> but, I mean, they, they probably wouldn't even uh, talk about it. But, but you know, but, it's, but again, just, just to yeah. jump in very quickly, I think it speaks to one of the points we discussed last week, that that's how the system works. That's how, yeah, that's right. That's how the system works. You give your opinion. I give my opinion, and we come to a conclusion. Yeah, yeah. You can't 
have you can't say your we we're not going to hear your opinion. That's right. I that's mean, right. that's our, oh. that's our system is designed this way. It is designed. And so great. That's exactly the way it's supposed to work. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, there's some other things developing um, in the um, in Parliament right now. Of course, Parliament is now um, the House of Commons is no longer sitting. There's a big uh, discussion as to whether or not we're going to have an election come the fall. Um, but as just as Parliament is uh, closing things out. Um, the House of Commons, uh, is the uh, several bills that have been raising a lot of concern. One is Bill C-6, the other is Bill C-10, the other is Bill C-36, which was, was brought forward, I think, just for the purposes of the election coming up, um, and uh, because it never hasn't yet to even get debate, but probably uh, should uh, um, the current government uh, be re-elected, you know, they will bring it up. Okay. So Bill C, let's look at Bill C6. Bill C6 is dealing with uh, conversion therapy. And of course, that's, that's a very controversial issue. And for those of uh, your viewers who do not understand, like, I mean, normally in the religious community, we think of conversion as a good thing, right? right. I mean, you're converging from light, uh, from, from darkness into light. Right. You're converting right. from, you know, all these kinds of things. And um, um, so it's seen as a positive. Uh, but in this particular context, we're talking about uh, sexual orientation and so forth, uh, where um, historically there was a lot of, uh, it, it was quite, quite interesting to see how the, the debate has uh, gone on. So what's happened is there's been um, uh, a real stress being put on the idea that, well, if you're, if you're involved in conversion therapy and trying to change one's sexual orientation to another sexual orientation and historically that was uh, done in some very cruel ways like uh, electric shock mm. therapy and all that kind of stuff and and um, and so now what the the term refers to now is any kind of an attempt uh, whether it's through a religious leader or a professional counselor and so on who are trying to uh, convert an individual from one sexual orientation to another. So then, wh how, what does that mean? And uh, the legislation talks about uh, whether or not uh, you're getting uh, money for it, uh, advertising for it, those kinds of things. Okay. Um, and there's um, a general agreement, I think, yeah, I, I would say there's a general agreement across the board that no one should go under any kind of uh, treatment for changing their sexual orientation if this is going to be uh, coerced. Yes. Okay, so uh, in other words, um, someone who has a particular orient orientation but says, no, you know, I, I have that, but I really want to be over here, um, then, uh, then I'm going to get counseling and, and so forth. And, you know, it gets into all kinds of different politics to, to try to, to make sense of it all, but um, the, the struggle has been uh, things like, for example, uh, parents. And, and, and here's where some of the discussion has gone, and you listen to the debates at Parliament. Uh, for example, if a parent is dealing with a son who um, okay, was born as a male, uh, born male, but uh, as life goes on, his sexual orientation is such that, okay, now he 
or he wants to change his gender, he wants to change his gender to uh, female. Um, and um, so parents, you know, um, say, you know, trying to encourage him to stay with uh, his birth um, sex and so forth. And so there's, there's a whole debate now as to exactly, okay, well, what is the role of the parent? What is the role mm. of the pastor? What is the role of the counselor? What is the role of, okay, in this whole situation? At what point does a child, you know, have uh, freedom? Autonomy to make. Autonomy. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so there's a huge discussion wow. and debate and, and people are taking positions. Well, you know, parents, you know, can't uh, have any say on this. And, and, and there's just... There's just opened up a, 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 a tremendous amount of tension on, on this subject. Now, what's happened is that the Minister of Justice and others have, have made the statement, look, this has to deal with coercion, okay? But there's the, if you read the legislation that's being proposed and is now up at the Senate, is that it's a very broad definition. Definition of coercion. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and so uh, a lot of people are saying, well, okay, but does, is this going to affect the parental relationship? Is this going to affect the pastoral relationship oh, okay. with the church right. member? Right. Uh, who, the church member comes to the, to the clergy. Uh, the clergy then is trying to help the situation or whatever and, and presents their view of what Scripture would teach or right. what their religious point of view is what, yeah. whatever and it now is they exerting coercion yeah, and is that yeah. coercion coercion oh, and is it yeah. is it coercion for example for the pastor to be in church and preach from the pulpit as to creation and so forth and and god's design uh on these issues and is that coercion right. is having prayer from the front of the church coercion right well the government would say, or at least as I understand them to say, is that no, 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 this has nothing to do with any of this stuff, right? We're talking about coercion, okay? But then when you get a, such a broad definition, yeah, I, exactly. then the fear is, is that all these other things are going to be coming into play. Yes. And yet no one disagrees with the, with the, the concept. Of coercion, of course. Uh, right? That, yes. you know, this is, this is unacceptable. Yes. But, but then we're getting into the fine gritty of things. And then why is it then the government is not willing to, to amend, to narrow the definitions? Just, in, yeah, be exactly clear. In fact, what they yeah. have done is they've broadened it even oh, further. At the, at the end of, um, uh, I think it was second reading or third reading, uh, uh, second reading and, uh, and the committee. Uh, so... So we're, we're in, a, in a real uh, bind on this one. So now what's going to happen? Um, it, chances are it's not going to make its way through the Senate, which means it's going to end up um, after the next election that they're going to have to deal with it. Uh, so, then, so then it's um, what we're going to have to wait and see is how it's going to be enforced. Okay. Uh, will this legislation be such that, yes, indeed, the, the fears that uh, many people have, will it find fruition? Right. Will, there be, will there be parents who are going to be, uh, have to be brought before court? Now, this is going to be criminal. Like, we're not talking oh. a fine. We're talking oh, oh, the oh, okay. criminal code so, is being amended. Will the pastor face criminal charges? All those kinds of things. So there's no provision, uh, excuse my ignorance here, but there's no provision, like you can't go to the Supreme Court before it becomes law and say, 
How would you guys? Yeah, well, like that, how would you guys interpret this? Yeah, you 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 can do it. Uh, like for example, governments can do it. They could go to the court and say, uh, "What is your?" In fact, that's what happened with the redefinition of marriage. The, they went to the Supreme Court and said, "Look, is this a valid law? Could, do we have the authority to do this?" Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so there is, there is that. But I mean, the government is there's no discussion or thought about, about doing that about doing that oh, no. okay. okay so now all right so that's that issue we got the bill c10 which deals with regulation of the internet and so forth and that's that's a whole nother uh, uh discussion that many people are concerned but what was interesting was just a few days ago bill c36 which uh is going to bring back section 13 uh, uh dealing with uh hate uh, into the uh, Canadian Human Rights Code. That is a big issue. That is one that we've already uh, had taken away. Now uh, the talk about bringing it back and your definition of hate and my definition of hate, unless you get that one narrowed down, that's going to cause some serious trouble as well. And, but that uh, had been settled, hadn't it, before? Yes, yes, it was settled uh, some time ago, and uh, but now it's being brought back up. And see... We're dealing with a situation right now where um, if I'm offended uh, by what you say, uh, is that hate? Mm. Uh, is, am I, you know, and so these kinds of things are, are very difficult to litigate and it's going to be a, f a fascinating thing to see how that uh, comes out. It's going to affect uh, speech uh, and so forth, expression uh, that we're going to have to really keep our eyes on. So. Uh, you know, your view viewers want to uh, pay attention to that. I want to just uh, speak a few words. Uh, we only just got a little bit of time yes, here, I yeah. see. Uh, but um, there's an election coming up. Right. And a lot of churches are uh, have been asking, uh, okay, so what is it we can do in an election and, and so forth? So there, there are several things you got, got to keep in mind. CRA has, um, has uh, a, a regulation. Uh, that deals with this issue, and I'm just going to get. Now that's because we're, they're charitable, we're charitable organizations. Charitable organizations. Right, okay. It's called the Public Policy Dialogue and Development Activities. Okay. So churches can speak out on any issue so long as it furthers their charitable objects. Okay. Okay. So okay. Uh, objectives, and that it's not partisan. In other words, you're not going to say, "Well, I'm uh, supporting this party or that party or this candidate or that candidate." No, churches cannot get involved in that, and then it becomes uh, a real uh, struggle then mm. because pastors sometimes can align with a particular view of a you know a party, and they want to be able to say something from the pulpit. Well, the moment you support I, um, a party from the pulpit or a candidate from the pulpit, you're violating this rule, oh, and okay. and your charitable status uh, will jeopardy, is right? in jeopardy. And uh, one of the things that your viewers need to keep in mind: the way um, CRA has like thirty-three plus thousand charities across the country. That's a lot of charities, and so they're they're unable to audit everyone, of course, but. What they do do is they listen to the news, they see what the stories are on various charities, various disputes, legal matters, and so on, and also public complaints. So if there are public complaints filed, then there's going to be, um, you can rest assured that CRA will probably have a look-see, and they will determine whether or not there should be an audit. Okay, so 
what is extremely important for churches as they are uh, taking a position on any issue, if the issue becomes such that it's only one particular party, for example, that, that takes that issue, right, okay. then, then that could be a concern um, not only for CRA in the sense that uh, is this now moving closer towards partisanship, but then there's also Elections Canada. Hmm. So Elections Canada also has various rules that we have to uh, keep in mind. For example, uh, a church may want to get involved in supporting a particular issue during a campaign, and so now they're going to do an ad program on that issue. Well, if as soon as they spend $500, for example, right, and there's other regulations, and, you know, if, if you're going to get, get involved in this, you've got to get some um, look into it. But if you spend $500, for example, on a particular issue, uh, then you're going to make a, a file a report with Elections Canada. Mm. You're going to have to do other reporting on uh, like exactly what you've been doing, who, uh, who's been you know receiving these ads, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. And so there's a lot of regulations that that uh, come into play. All of that to say that um, it's important, I think, for churches and religious organizations to understand. Uh, that there are issues, there are public policy issues, and we should be encouraging public debate and public discussion. The, the thing is, you've got to keep in mind this uh, partisan uh, public policy issue. Make sure you're not involved in politics. If you open up your, your church uh, basement or your parish hall for one particular candidate, you must open up for all of them. Got it. Um, you know, that kind of thing. You can open up your, your hall for um, a public discussion amongst the various candidates to come. That's okay. That's okay. A lot of churches, of course, have uh, polling stations. Right. I mean, I that's gonna, oh, that's you know. okay. So, but I was going to ask you, so what if a church doesn't necessarily take on a position with a party, but, for example, with a, a movement, you know, that might be a... So, like, I was thinking, for example... If you took a stance anti-abortion, mm -hmm. which tends to be more of a, let's say, a conservative-leaning yep. ideology, right. would that be deemed as being partisan? I mean, well, you know, it, it depends on the circumstance. But uh, for example, and um, the whole uh, pro-life position is certainly an issue that many people will want to be speaking about during an election, for example. Um, it all depends on exactly how it is, like what the context is. So say, for example, if you're in a particular riding and you're, you're saying, you know, support the candidate that supports the uh, pro-life position. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But maybe uh, one, everything is contextual, right? So uh, if there's a complaint filed, CRA may take a look-see and, and, you know, that kind of a thing. But generally speaking, a church would have no problem in supporting pro-life because they're pro-life. Right. Um, and uh, so it's, it's a matter of how close to the line of the partisanship you get. Um, and um, so, again, it's contextual. So it could be given the right context, but as far as dealing with the issue, 
No problem. No, uh, we, we, we don't have yeah, any time. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Time but, flies uh, so fast. It's different than the states, right? Because the states seems to be, at least, the they state, seem to be much more direct in their church. Well, their, their churches, in fact, um, are able to be involved a lot more yeah. than what uh, we've been. At least that's my observation, and I'm no expert on, on that. But uh, from just my looking on it, it looks like it, yeah. Well, we're going to have to have you back again, man. <laughs> yeah. There's so much to talk about. Thanks, man. We There's, really, really appreciate your insights. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Let's pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, people like Dr. Bussey that uh, make it the purpose of their lives to instruct and to let us know the impacts of these oh-so-important decisions. Father, I want to lift up our government leaders, we just ask that you anoint them with wisdom, that they make the right decisions that will move our country forward and that are in the best interest of all of our citizens, Father. Bless each and every viewer, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've come to that time in our program where we have our special offer each and every week. We make a resource available to our viewers just to help them better understand uh, God's will and God's will for our lives. And uh, we have a little book here today. We've offered this before. It's a wonderful little book. It's called Hope Beyond Tomorrow. It says, uh, we are surrounded by the grim statistics of evil in our world, but there is hope for tomorrow. We'd love to send you this book as a gift. If you'd like to request this book, pay close attention to the information we're about to provide you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. I want to thank you so much for joining us. And I want to thank our special guest, Dr. Barry Bussey. Thank you so much for Great to be being here, here with us. Yeah. Uh, on our website, l4ltv.com, if you go to the previous programs tab, there's a button there that you can click that will connect you to Dr. Bussey's blog. If you want to stay up to speed on some of these developments, these legal developments that are happening around our country, this is a great resource for you. On the blog, you can also uh, see some of the resources that he has available, including uh, this two-volume set, The Inherence of Human Dignity, Foundations of Human Dignity, Volumes 1 and 2. They are available there also, together with some other resources. So be sure to check that out, l4ltv.com, previous programs, and you'll see the button there for Dr. Bussey's blog. Uh, while on the website, uh, check out the page also that says Donate Today. And if you feel so impressed to send a donation to help us keep the program on the air, we would truly appreciate that. Every penny that is sent to us gets reinvested back into this ministry. Airtime, the gifts, not a penny comes to myself or my family. So I wanted you to know that. 
Follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Twitter, Santos underscore Bill. Like our Facebook page. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. 30 minutes from now, you'll be able to download an audio version of this program from our SoundCloud account. That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much for watching. God bless you. We'll see you back here again real soon.